0: This is Faith Fulcrum, a podcast for anyone trying to balance faith and tradition with contemporary challenges. I'm Mark Baldrige.
1: I'm Scott Simpson, and our conversation grows from a lifetime friendship born within
0: a Bible-centered community of believers. We don't always agree. So you don't have to either. Weigh what we have to say in the scales of your own faith and see. This week's episode is Christmas to Easter, Spirituality versus Religion. It's funny, I have had occasion to think a couple of times just recently about what I might call, like, the Puritan experiment in America. England trying to get rid of their undesirables. There's a lot of religious weirdos, number one among them, the Puritans. Mm -hmm. Also Mm -hmm. in this uh, part of the world where I'm living, uh, a lot of friends, the Society of Friends. Right, right, Quakers. Known as Quakers. And other people that the civilized English found intolerable for their religious views. Right. I was just thinking recently that the Puritans are the only people I know in America ever tried to ban Christmas. Christmas is
1: a really good example, something in which colonial Christianity kind of melded itself with some more pagan kind of traditions, which it did quite often. That was a big thing for the Roman Empire to make buds by kind of melding religious traditions. And, of course, if you're very, very, very serious about your own tradition, you don't like that sort of thing.
0: I believe that's called syncretism. Syncretism. Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
1: I think you're right. But I think that's interesting because that's that, that's where so many different interesting little offshoots uh, of, of religious practice or, or th- where they come from. Just like anything in culture, they're they're like a melding or a in, intertwining of of a couple of different traditions. And
0: well, you're right to say that even pagan Rome was very adept at subverting, if you want to call it, or mm-hmm. co-opting the religious and cultural traditions of the places that it conquered uh, and subsumed, yep. replacing their gods with Roman gods, uh, just switching the names around. Right. And the the uh, early Christian church was doing a lot of that, as uh, particularly as Rome became Christian. They... They kept that gift for swinging the way of yeah. the locals. Yeah. That's how we get, you know, bunny rabbits and uh, and eggs uh, in a right. celebration of the resurrection. I mean, I defy you to tell me where that is in the Bible. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, these are pagan traditions from outside Christianity that have become embedded. That's right. I did,
1: interestingly enough, just, to, just as a side note, I did look up the original Saint Nicholas. He was noted for being a, a very good gift giver to people he agreed with, but he met a guy that was a heretic, and so slugged him in the face and that's the other thing that Saint Nicholas was known for so
0: slugging people in the face S- well, slugging heretics yeah he says ho 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 and then <laughs> then you get a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> Uh, well, that's great stuff. So we're talking about spiritual practices from around the world that somehow get subsumed into Christianity mm-hmm. and maybe vice versa. You can think of examples like Santeria and other uh, yeah. times when Christian saints become almost the gods of a new religion someplace else. Right. So spirituality definitely has an energy and it motivates people, but it tends to have its own or it can take on many forms. Right. Spirituality, one form in India, one form in the... America one form in Christian Rome yeah. and religion we think of as being more formalized uh, yeah. less likely to just erupt in new forms tradition based and sometimes yeah. tradition bound but you know spirituality
1: that you know the, the root word spirit has to do with breath religion. Has to do with re uh, and then ligament, reconnecting. There's like, it seems to me, and I could be wrong, but it's, it's always seemed to me that religion is a set of ways of connecting in specific and maybe correct ways with a God or the God, whereas spirituality has to do with this uh, difficult to see transcendent thing that we're all sharing. Everything that's alive, alive because it's breathing, you know? And there's yeah. this, there's this kind of, you know, I don't know.
0: Well, yeah, even yeah, even plants are breathing. That's interesting. I like to hear a little uh, amateur etymology. Uh, I do. Have- <laughs> amateur, amateur. I've I've been paid for that before. Uh, for etomo- doing etymology. Yeah. You're a professional <laughs> e- etymologist. Well, as I, as long as you're not an entomologist, because I can't stand the people who don't know the difference between etymology and entomology. Yeah. That really bugs me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm going to cut that joke. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> What we're talking about today is, in a way, a kind of conflict between spirituality and religion. Mm -hmm. There is a question that has come up, and uh, I encountered it just recently in an academic setting, but you've seen it elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. People want to know if one can be spiritual without being religious. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a a question that people feel like is a viable one. And I wanted to address that question and to examine its viability as a question.
1: It seems like this question has come up a lot uh, more recently. It's a thing that's on people's minds. I'm not sure that the separation between those two things was as much in the conversation maybe hundred years ago, five hundred years ago, I don't know. Maybe it was, but it seems like a maybe a uniquely contemporary thing.
0: I think you're right. It comes out of this question. Really, kind of arises from a, a fairly, I think, a fairly new phenomenon. People saying, "I'm not religious. Uh, I'm spiritual." Or I'm I'm spiritual, not religious. They're making a distinction, and it's a rejection Mm -hmm. of religion and religiosity and organized religion. Mm -hmm. That's what they're against, as if like uh, somehow anarchic religion somehow (laughs) that would be yeah maybe maybe it would be better. I don't I'm not trying to say it wouldn't. I'm just suggesting that uh, maybe what they really really mean is religion. Right.
1: Well, and and I think I think it comes from. In my experience, in, in the people who have talked about that, it comes from two places. Either it's coming from their own trauma within some religious order, some some religious sect, uh, or it comes from uh, an overall sense of the historic uh, oppression of colonialist religious practice where nations were overwhelmed and overtaken in the name not only of the king, but also of God.
0: Christianity in arms. Uh, Christianity as an invading force that comes with the conquistadors or whoever we're talking about. Right behind them are the priests, and they are um, yeah. ready to burn libraries <laughs> of, yeah. um, like for instance, the Aztec codexes and whatnot. That we're only just lucky to have any peace left because they were uh, mm-hmm. so so thoroughly destroyed by a priesthood that thought yeah. thought of themselves as being in the right and not mm-hmm. needing to know what anyone else thought. That seems apparent.
1: There seems to always be this thing that, you know, I, uh, I see something that the core seems good, but the practice of it seems dis, uh, disingenuous or, or destructive or, or whatever else. And, and I think that gets at maybe the heart of what people are, trying to do when they say, I want to be spiritual, but not religious,
0: maybe. I'm, I'm often uh, witness to critique of Christian culture, of Christian voices, of, uh, of Christian politics. Often it's uh, when Christianity has entered the political forum. You see people saying, uh, if only Christians would mm-hmm. follow the Bible or follow Jesus. And the, 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 the idea being that somehow the religion has lost mm-hmm. track of its roots, of its founder, uh, its founding voices, its core beliefs. But you'll see the same thing in sometimes in Christian commentary yeah. on uh, Islam. If only uh, these believers would follow the, the teachings of their... But both of those seem to be um, suggesting that there's something good at the core yeah. That the message, the core message and the original message and the founding voices, whether it's the prophet Muhammad in Islam or Jesus in Christianity or the, mm-hmm. maybe the apostles, uh, early teachers in Islam, you get this sense that we should be somehow hearkening back to an earlier set of messages and that that would solve a lot of mm-hmm. problems people see with the religions they're critiquing. I find it Kind of funny or strange that even people who don't believe in the religion they're critiquing seem to think that that religion has at its core or in its beginnings some kernel of truth or some uh, viable message that really should be appreciated and brought out. I'm
1: wondering if this whole idea of I'm spiritual, not religious, has something to do with spirituality seems like something I do and I let you do and whatever Whereas religion seems yeah. inherently, there is a right way to do this, yes. and I'm going to do it, and you must you, too. You have uh,
0: a passage you wanted to yeah. read from Acts. It's
1: over in Acts. We're in Acts 17, and I think I'll 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 start in in verse 22. But Paul is out, um, uh, missionarying in Athens, where uh, there's you know lots and lots of gods. And there's, there's all of these uh, uh, different altars to, to different gods. So Paul stood up then in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you're very religious. Uh, for as I walk around and I look carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands, as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Uh, from one man he made all the nations, and they that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God does this uh, so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not very far from any one of us. For in him we live and move move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So, you know, I mean, Paul's doing this thing where he's he's he knows he's presenting something that's very different, but... It, and maybe it's kind of that that Roman thing all over again. He's, he's he's taking where they're at and saying this, but but his point here is that all of this altering and templing and all of that stuff, and he's saying, no, none of that. None of that matters. This God is, is untethered
0: from all of that. In uh, the belief system, the fellowship in which you and I grew up, there was a very strong sense that uh, since the New Testament makes no mention of musical mm-hmm. instruments in worship and singing that we should not have musical instruments in worship right. and singing. And the fact that there are plenty of Old Testament references didn't wash because there was just this sense, and it was always kind of came down to this, of being yeah. safe. That right. The sense that they're not mentioned, there's no prohibition yeah. against them. But since they're not mentioned, it's safer— and the idea of being safe from a God who is going to come thundering in and re- and reject you from, for eternity uh, because you had a banjo right. in your worship, I always have respected sure. that urge to do things right, to get them right, to be right in sure. the sight of God. But th- it strikes me as very like superstitious and, and huddled and bullied to say... He didn't say no, but he didn't say yes. And even though previously he'd ordered people right. to uh, bang the right. tambourine or you know strike up the harp or whatever, that guy you know he he's so yeah. unpredictable and so yeah. irrational that we have to we have to go down to the lowest possible common denominator in order to be yeah. safe from yeah.
1: God. This brings up the difference between the sacred and the secular. Okay, because I've I've spoken with people, I've told them about my my religious upbringing and 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 that. Uh, not yes. using instruments in worship. People who are not familiar with that at all. The thing that they say to me, because I play a lot of instruments, they say, "Well, how did you learn to play instruments?" And I'm like, "Okay, well, you, you're misunderstanding. It's not that instruments were evil. It's not that playing instruments was sinful. It's that they were a secular thing. You're, that's fine. You want to play guitar on the weekend? You want to, you know, do go out and, and and play guitar? That's great. That's terrific. Go go for it." It's that the sacred thing of worship is it, that that's not supposed to happen there And so there's this religion quite often as opposed to spirituality, makes this separation between the sacred and the secular. You do things differently on Sunday morning than you would do the rest of the of the of the week. Religion, is built on this sacred versus secular whereas everything is sacred there is not a there's not a place or a time or a period or or anything that is
0: not sacred the question can one be spiritual mm-hmm. and not and not be religious mm-hmm. i just want to back up and just look at it, examine it as a question uh, it it assumes too much yeah. i think the question is skewed towards religion it seems to say that there are two possible answers. Either yes, one can be spiritual and not religious, in which case, okay, many people who feel that they are Mm and would describe mm -hmm. themselves as spiritual but not religious are accurate in their self-assessment. And that is condescending. And certainly the notion that the answer might be no, one cannot be spiritual and not be religious, assumes that there is some place in which a person can stand up and say there is a god it's this particular god and that and this particular god has has uh, mandated this particular religion and anything outside of that is not correct that yeah. has yet to be proven we prove that first and then let's have we can ask this question but until you have some kind of like notion that right. there is some ground by which you could say no to that question then it's not a question if the question cannot have Either a yes or no If it's a yes or no question And it cannot have either a yes or no answer There is no real possibility of a no in this Then it's not a real question It just looks like a question It's been placed there to make us think Religiously yeah. And right. uh, and I'm against that You can put a question mark at the end of every statement That doesn't make it a question I think
1: it, I think it cuts in both directions I mean I, I think I think there's a I, I, I think there's a a sense in which some people are saying, "Can you actually be spiritual if you're still in religion?" I see what um, you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I think I think that is as, as problematic yeah. as the well, other. Well,
0: I, I I love that answer. That's what uh, I was like. I say I was disturbed to encounter this question in a, a kind of academic setting. Didn't know what to yeah. say. I had a, a lot of conversations in my head. You know the way you do. uh, But this is the the right answer. I should have said, well, can one be spiritual and religious? (laughs) It it strikes me that that seems the least likely. (laughs) But obviously, uh, one can be spiritual and religious. Uh, To say no would be to say uh, that I have some ground uh, to answer that. Then I cannot establish that ground. That ground has yet to be established. If you want more content like this, we're building a website at faithfulcrum.com, or you want to get in touch, email us at, faithfulcrum at gmail.com.
1: So, Mark, what uh, new hymn do we have for this week?
0: Well, this isn't written yet, but I expect to write it later today. And I think it's called "The Pigeon and the Dove." <laughs>
2: spirituality. One says you ought to be a little bit more like me. forget that silly superstition. Silly, silly. Let's not ever forget the superstition.